What is going on, crypto family? So today we got Pete Wood. He is the co-founder and CEO of CoinBurp. Just kidding, man. But that is his name. It's CoinBurp, right? Can you picture like the Homer Simpson or maybe the Budweiser Frog doing CoinBurp? Anyways, it's a catchy little name. Who knows? Maybe it'll take off and pick off, pick off, pick up. Yeah, there you go. Pick up, adoption, all that kind of cool stuff, right? So anyways, he's in England. Been interviewing a lot of people from England lately, man, that are in blockchain. So it sounds like they got a, a big blockchain tech mecca or something going on there. So a lot of cool stuff. And basically, he's going to tell us about all the things that he's trying to do with CoinBurp, how he's trying to bring adoption, how he plans to rival Coinbase and a bunch more. So let's go check out uh, Pete and I will catch you on the other side. What is going on, crypto family? So today we got Pete Wood with us. He is the CEO and co-founder of CoinBurp, man. I appreciate you coming on. I'm looking forward to hearing about all the cool stuff you're doing there in the space. And and again, you're from London, right? So you're you're there in England as well. We've had a lot of people on the show from England. It sounds like there's a lot of people over there doing a lot of cool stuff in the crypto space, man. So thanks so much for coming on. No problem. Yeah, thanks very much. We're actually really in a uh, in a great position in London. Is a we work building that we situated in. There's tons of crypto firms in this business. A lot of startups similar to uh, similar to Coinbase. So it's good to rub shoulders with them. Yeah, it's awesome. Every time I, I turn around, I guess somebody else, um, you know, tell me they're from London. You know, they're, they're over there building something cool in crypto. So that's awesome, man. What? Uh, well, tell us a little bit about yourself, man. Some of your background. You know, how you got into crypto. Your life story. You know, all that kind of cool stuff. Sure. So, I mean, I don't have a traditional uh, background like a lot of these other guys in, in the crypto space. I don't. I haven't got a degree in finance. Uh, I didn't go to university. And I haven't got. Uh, I, I barely finished college. But I guess my first venture into crypto was about about five or six years ago. Now, when I worked, uh, I have a very desktop background type uh, support role. That's where I was in uh, a few years ago. So I was a guy at the other end of the phone. If you had a problem with your PC in a, in a big corporate, I was there trying to fix it for you. Um, but yeah, so that's what I was. So Pete, yeah. is guy. I love it. <laughs> that's it. Exactly. That's, that's what I've done. That's what I've done for, that was my trade. I've always had a passion for IT, but yeah, so I was doing that for about five or six years. But uh, one of my previous roles, I first got into crypto when I saw a guy bring in a, a little ASIC miner, little black box, and he's connecting up to his PC and it was making all these whirring noises and I was uh, intrigued about what it was. So that's, that's how I first went into it. It's awesome. And so I bet you had a bunch of acronyms when you were doing tech support. You know, they had code that the the different IT guys would, would you know, basically use between each other, you know, like user error. You know, it's the, the problem. Is, <laughs> the problem is the dude punching the keyboard, not the keyboard. Did you guys have any fun acronyms? You guys were, you know, shooting back and forth between each other? We, uh, well, one of the one of the guys, I don't know if he's joking, he used to call me Perfect Pete back, back then. Uh, I used to, well, I, I don't want to sound like I've got an ego or big headed, but I tried my best to try and fix these uh, issues that the customers were having. Cool, man. So you basically started, you know, you got introduced to the ASIC miner. So that's how you kind of got, you know, your, I guess your, your brain into crypto, right? So when did you start buying Bitcoin? Because everybody has their first Bitcoin story, right? So when did you buy your first Bitcoin? Yeah. So it's a story that you might have heard before, but I don't know how realistic they are, but my, this is a true story. So uh, yeah, ASIC miner, I first, I first heard about Bitcoin and um, I was just so interested. I started reading about the ethos behind it, Satoshi Nakamoto, the white paper, and then I was, I'm a bit of a risk taker by nature. So I uh, first read about it and I thought, right, let me, let me have, how can we create these Bitcoins? I got into mining myself and I realized, as with any coins, if you have a, have a piece of software on your machine, um, you can mine that crypto. Whether it's going to get you a good hash rate or not is, a, is another, another issue. But um, so back at a previous workplace, I had one of my roles was to, to lead on uh, large projects. 
So anything that was happening across all the, the entire site, I would I would uh, be managing. So back then I had a control of about 3,000 machines and I was using a website called Coin Wars. And I don't actually know if it's still around yeah. at the minute, but you, it's still around, cool. So I needed a coin, which was GPU resistant because all these PCs at work, they didn't have any uh, graphics cards in, but they all had good CPUs, they're pretty good. So I found this coin called NovaCoin. And it was it was the best, uh, most profitable coin for me to mine. So I, I decided to write a little little script and push it out to these three thousand machines and pull them together and have them mining this Nova coin for me. I had to be very careful that no one sort of caught me. But that's so I first started mining Nova coin. I, I built up a big stash, and then I used BTCE. You know the Russian. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what's happening with BTCE, but sent them over there, converted it to Bitcoin, and um, I started selling it on a website called Local Bitcoins, which is when my first uh, venture into cryptocurrency started. That's awesome, man. So you basically wrote some script, created your own pool of sorts, <laughs> mined your own coins, you mm-hmm. know, swapped them for Bitcoin, mm-hmm. and then now you're you know, CEO and co-founder of CoinBurp, right? So you're trying to make, you, basically, you, you did something kind of difficult for the average layman, right? And so now you're trying to create something that's simple for people to use to get into crypto, right? So maybe tell us a little bit about, you know, how you guys decided to come up with the name CoinBurp, right? And you know, how, what was it, was it yeah. a bar? You guys are just drinking a bunch of pints and you guys <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just let out a big burp after saying coin, you know, I mean, that's it. That, that was your moment? I mean, how, how do you come up with the name Coin Burp? And then, you know, what is it you guys are trying to do in the space? Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll give you a tiny bit more background between this between that time and Coin Burp, because I actually ha- still have another cryptocurrency company called Bitbroker, and that's where it began. We've been around for four or five years, um, but that was a, a, a company solely trading on local Bitcoins. And we, prior to Coin Burp, we'd done 100 mil turnover. We had quite decent profit, and that's what led us to create our own dedicated website called Coin Burp. So... Onto the story of, of Coinbur, one of the, uh, our, my business partner and I, we decided to start this new business where it's a completely dedicated, easy to use, simple, friendly and fun uh, website, but we didn't quite have a name. Um, our first hire was a guy called Tom. He's a, he's a UX lead. He's, he's been working for BBC and Shazam. So he's, he's very talented. And uh, we give him one of the first tasks was like, look, we need a catchy name. Uh, that people are going to remember and it needs to be available on all your dot coms, dot co UKs, all the main domain websites, all the, all the social medias need to be um, available. So this list of about 10 different names and we're reading through and reading through. We've got to Coinbird and I've, originally when I looked at it, I thought this sounds a bit stupid. <laughs> um, but, but the more you think about it, I mean, when people ask me who do you work for, I say I work for Coinbird and they'll, they'll usually stop and ask me to repeat myself. And when I say it the second time, they, they don't usually forget. So, I'd like to, I mean, we've had some bad feedback by people, but I'd like to think it's memorable. And that's, that's what we're trying to, uh, to try. Awesome. So that, that's actually kind of a funny name. So it reminds me of, uh, you know, if you remember Budweiser, they had that uh, Budweiser, they had the frogs doing that uh, commercial. Imagine what you guys could do with coin burp. You guys could probably do something where, I don't know, maybe make you know, like a, a talking coin where it's got a little, you know, pitcher of beer or something and, you know, coin burp, you know, or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> we, when know. we originally thought about that, we were thinking about Homer Simpson and uh, him burping after he drinks a bit of some duff beer. So yeah, I mean, we're definitely on the same page there. That's awesome, man. So I guess in a nutshell, what is it that Coin Burp is trying to do for people? What can they do now? What are they going to be able to do in the future? All that kind of cool stuff. We've launched about three months ago. Our aim is to really bring cryptocurrency to the masses for education uh, and popular culture. So I mean, a lot of these websites, I personally feel are... I mean, the majority of crypto um, platforms in this space are exchanges. And I always like to use my mum as an example. 
I don't. I really think my mum would struggle if she went to any of these exchanges and tried to uh, tried to purchase crypto. It'd be very difficult for her. So we we feel we're one of the the very few that are aiming at the uh, at the masses. So uh, one of our aims is to work with social influencers. We think they're going to be a, a way that we can get into the popular culture space to educate. Uh, and bring people in. So we've bring we've brought a, uh, a a guy from the UK called Callum Best. He's on board with us at the minute. Um, he's going to be running a, a video series with us. We're going to be teaching him how to use crypto, how to use the website, and we think that's the beginning of, of potentially something big. As it stands, we offer trading between Bitcoin, Bitcoin Cash, Ethereum, Litecoin, um, all against GBP. We'll be launching EOS in the coming weeks, and then we intend within about two months to bring on euros and USD. And card payments as well. Excellent. So, you know, to I guess comply with regulation and things like that. What are you guys doing to make sure that uh, you're compliant? Yeah, sure. So, a UK business at the minute, we we don't fall with any in, in regulations. There was actually a report that was issued by the FCA on Wednesday. Uh, we were in a bit of a grey area. We were wondering how they were going to treat crypto, whether it's um, crypto as a whole, whether they're going to split them up, um, and um, because they have different uses. And what they've actually done is differentiated a utility coin from a stable coin from a security and what they said is um, your utility coin or your exchange token similar to what we will be doing on our platform is not uh, it doesn't fall within their perimeter so it will not be regulated so as a UK company we don't have to comply with anything legally although we we try our best we follow best practices in terms of your anti-money laundering you'll know your customer policies because we want to not only do we want to provide a great service to our customers, we want to be in there for the long run and we want to make sure that the customers are safe too. Gotcha. So you'll KYC, AML, all that kind of stuff. It's a centralized service, kind of similar to a Coinbase, right? So if you're thinking about, you know, apples to apples, you're kind of like a Coinbase. And so why would somebody use Coinburp over Coinbase, for instance? Sure. I actually done an article a few days ago about, uh, I mean, there's been quite a few changes, especially in the UK market with Coinbase. So, um, and we've had a lot of customers come over to us as a, as a result. So Coinbase started off, they offered faster payments. This was great, right? So customers could send money to Coinbase and have the money credit within within an hour or two, was through my experience. Then they said, right, if you deposit any money to us, be a five-day hold. So they send the money, they wait five days, and then they can purchase crypto, which was obviously, a, I mean, that's a, it's a scary thing to, to not be able to purchase. A lot of these people are trying to purchase on a whim. And to wait five days, you know what the price is like in a... In the crypto space, it could be hundred percent up, hundred percent. You don't know what it could what it could happen. So um, yeah, it went from five days to ten days wait, and now they've announced that they're not looking to uh, take on false payments at all. So in comparison to that, we credit accounts instantly on GBP. So you have a UK bank account, you send us hundred pounds, which is uh, yeah, but a very small amount. The target, uh, the target audience we're trying to hit, it will credit in your account instantly. You can purchase instantly. It's available. You can go from pounds to bitcoins, bitcoins to litecoin. You can go as much as you want, and the withdrawals are done instantly as well. So we work very, very hard to automate the process from end to end to ensure that the customer has a, as absolute slick and smooth experience as possible. Gotcha. So when you say hundred pounds, is that kind of like the, the the target audience you're looking for? Are you guys going to have you know higher limits? Can say somebody wants to buy. $2,000 or $20,000 worth of Bitcoin. Will they be able to do that as well through CoinBurn? Yeah, so we, we have three uh, levels of accounts. So our, our, our lowest level, level one, which is when you complete your ID and identity and proof of address, something which everyone does on these exchanges, right? 
uh, that allows you to spend up to 10K or deposit up to 10K in one transaction, up to 25,000 in a month or, or 50K in the, in the year. And I think those, especially for the target market that we're, we're approaching um, and from the data that was derived from my previous uh, business, it's well within the majority of the customer base. Um, when I last looked at it, it was 99.4% of our customers would always stay level one. Gotcha. And then, you know, one of the reasons why Coinbase and people like that, they, they don't really freeze your funds. They just keep you from withdrawing it from their platform is because of, you know, chargebacks and because of, you know, stolen identities. Like, for instance, you can go on the dark web and if you, if you register with Binance, I can probably buy your ID, you know, all your <laughs> for five or 10 bucks, right? So then I open up an account at CoinBurp. I'm Pete Wood, right? So here's, you know, you know, a thousand bucks or something like that. I go in, I buy Bitcoin, I sell it. I take it off and then come to find out it's, you know, I'm not Pete Wood, right? So there's that KYC and AML stuff. You know, so I, I guess what I'm asking is, are you ever going to get to a point where you keep people from taking money off the platform like these other players are doing just to be compliant and to make sure that they safeguard themselves and, and other people? Because if they don't lock it up for four or five days or something like that, they could get hit with chargebacks. Or, you know, they could basically, if they have access to your ID and your checking or whatever, and they just, they access, they access your checking account, put money into the CoinBurp account, you know, you find out, you know, four or five days later, hey, wait, that wasn't me. That was, that was, that was my money, but that wasn't me. I don't have my Bitcoin. What's going on? Are you ever going to, you know, kind of do like what Coinbase is doing? Or are you always just going to kind of leave it open for people? Well, I mean, I think the the easy solution is to just uh, say to these guys, right, we're going to put a hold on five or 10 days and see if we get any chargebacks. I think that's the simple solution. But I don't think it's the right solution. I think what they're doing is wrong. But the, the position that they're in, they have so much power that they can do whatever they like and still manage to get away with it. And, and it will still work because there's, they've, they've really got a monopoly over the retail market, especially in the UK. Uh, what we will do is we will ensure that as that the point of the customer registering onto our platform, we can be certain at that point. So we make sure that the initial checks are correct, they're done properly, and we can be sure that the person registering on our platform is who they say they are. What Coinbase are doing is saying, right, we're not gonna we're not gonna do as stringent checks as, as we probably should. And what we're gonna do is let the money come onto our platform and let, let the trading fees happen, make a bit of money from there. And then what we'll say is when you attempt to withdraw, that's when we hold it. That's the protection. But really, what they should be employing is a more stringent security check at the beginning, not the end. Gotcha. So what do you do that's different from Coinbase with the KYC and AML that makes it more stringent? So we, we do the ID and identity. So we go through um, a company called Jumio. So Jumio uh, are highly automated. They work with a lot of uh, different providers. We use them to uh, report on, on, any, um, on the IDs and they report back to us in a programmatic fashion to say if it's okay or not. We also ask a customer to hold up the ID next to their face. So we, we make sure that the person, uh, not only, let's say if you bought a, an ID from the internet, you need to be able to be able to hold up the ID next to your face. So it's some uh, some, some identity uh, matching against the ID. The proof of address as well, we make sure that it matches what we have on record for them. We do IP checking. So we make sure that the person who, uh, let's say you, you upload a UK license, then we want to cross-reference that against the IP address that you're using to, uh, to go into the website. But as of yet, we've, we've had very little, very little chargebacks. We think that the, the checks that we put in, put in place are deterring these criminals from, from using the platform. 
Gotcha. Right on, man. And so I guess over the next coming weeks, you're going to be introducing more cryptos. Like you said, EOS will be added to, uh, to CoinBurp, so people will be able to do that. And then you've got, um, you know, some celebrities that are going to start uh, basically, you know, promoting CoinBurp to try and bring more adoption. And you, at the end of the day, want to get uh, mom and grandma into crypto. And this is, uh, this is kind of the avenue you see them doing it through, huh? Yeah. Well, my mom is an example. Uh, prior to starting CoinBurp, um, and it was an idea that I had quite some time ago, and I may well venture into at a later stage, but the remittance side of things was always an interesting route for me. So um, there's a company, my mom, I'm half Filipino, my mum's from Philippines, and um, so she's very old school. She walks to the bank, she, take, she drives to the bank 30 minutes to go into the bank. She uh, queues up for 10 minutes, goes to the, to the uh, teller and says to them, right, I want to send some money back home to the Philippines. She gets stung by 3% fee. Uh, on the FX, she has to pay a, a one-off cost of say twenty pounds. And once she's done that, the other person at the other end is going to have to wait three days before it arrives. Right. So um, through the power of Bitcoin and not just Bitcoin but other cryptos as well, we have this amazing payment vehicle where we can send money border to border and for extremely low cost and extremely fast. So I told her there was this uh, there was this final mile company over in Philippines that could cash out Bitcoin for for us. So I said, look, tell me how much you wanna you wanna send over. You send me the money and we'll do a little comparison. If you want to send me 200 pounds and let's do a comparison how much uh, my auntie in Philippines actually receives in her bank account when you use the bank against what you will receive via my route and the speed as well, which is huge. So she sent me 200 pounds. I bought the bitcoins, sent it over to this company. It arrived in my auntie's account within an hour, which is absolutely unheard of when it's going from UK to Philippines. And the FX was a lot better as well. So ever since then, she always comes to me directly. I mean, I don't obviously don't mind helping her out. She's my mum. So uh, she just sends me the money to my bank account. I buy the Bitcoin, send it over, and then make sure my auntie gets the pesos at the other end. It's awesome, man. People's people's eyes are being opened, you know, the, the power of crypto. So it's pretty incredible. One of the things people often overlook too is not only are you saving in fees, you know, as far as you know, the, the third party you know, handling fees, but then you also have the crypto, I guess it'd be the, the fiat conversion. When you go from one fiat currency to another fiat currency, there's usually, you know, another, another gouge, you know, that they get you with there too. So with crypto, it's, it's borderless. It's pretty incredible. So that's mm-hmm. awesome, man. So more about yourself. You got uh, any uh, talents or skills that uh, the world doesn't know about? Maybe, uh, yeah, maybe you, you, I mean, maybe you got a squirrel suit, man, and you jump off buildings in London and, <laughs> Kind of sail between, you know, sail between buildings on your lunch hour. What kind of? I'm I'm no superhero. I don't do any uh, crazy stuff like that. I mean, the long time ago, I used to uh, play games professionally, but this was back in the day before I had a daughter and a girlfriend. But um, really, I mean, the time I spend now is 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 crazy. I mean, as as a business owner, as a CEO of a new company, the you just lose. I I come in at say nine o'clock, and then by the by before I know it's sort of one or two o'clock. So. Honestly, I mean, it probably sounds like this bog standards uh, answer that you probably hear from a lot of people, but I really just don't have that much time. When you have a daughter, um, you, you end up spending whatever free time you have with her. Gotcha. What's uh, maybe a talent or skill you wish you had that you don't? I would love to, and I, it's, it's on my bucket list, and I'm gonna, I'm, I am gonna. I think I actually might make my daughter go down this route because I just want to do it myself, is learning how to DJ. <laughs> I think, uh, yeah, there's some, I mean, I, so I'm, I'm big into my, my house and I've always wanted to go to ultra in, in America, but I've been to a couple of uh, stuff outside of, outside of America, but, um, music events, house music. I try to go as many as, as I can that my, my girlfriend allows me to do, but the, the, the thought of being a DJ and playing to like 50,000 people is just, uh, it's the tingles. I think it's a, it'd be amazing to be able to do that. Probably missed the boat, but 
know what I can throw you, my guys. Hey, it's never too late, man. It's never too late. But uh, what would your DJ name be then? If you're going to be a DJ, <laughs> if you're going to be uh, out there. Maybe you could. I'm, I don't think I've got that far. <laughs> yeah, maybe you could think of a good one for <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, yeah, I'll have to think about that one for you, buddy. What's um, What about a book, man? You got a book that kind of shaped your life, something you think is important you know, to you that you think other people might benefit from as well? Um, I read, uh, so when I was very, when I was very young, uh, you always have this preconception that it's all about money. So money equals success and success equals happiness. And when you're young, you, you do anything to make a bit of money. And I was very lucky during the bull run to make quite a lot of money. I was, I, I got in at the right time when Bitcoin was 200 pounds. And by the time the bull run happened, I had quite a, a bit in the kitty to, to purchase. But once that happens and you buy the nice car and you go on a nice holiday, it's really, you feel a bit deflated. You feel a bit, a bit lost. Like you don't quite know which direction you want to take. And that, that original goal, which you thought maybe take you to your 60 years old of making a load of money and paying off your mortgages, you, you probably achieved a lot younger. And then you sort of start thinking, what, what's, what, what's left for me and, and, and the rest. So one of the books, um, I've read a couple of Dalai Lama books. Um, so anything about my spirituality, um, I'm not really just myself, but anything about, um, happiness, um, about the core values of happiness. I'm, I'm a strong believer in, in giving back. Um, I'm lucky enough to be in a position to, to go to schools. I go to my local school in, in Luton in England uh, to talk to the kids and tell them, look, um, I didn't get the best grades at school, but it's not the end of the world. A lot of these guys are, and girls are they're told the story where if you, if you don't get the great grade, great, great grades, then you're sort of lost in, in the, uh, in, in the world when you sort of get a bit older. But I want to tell this story of, look, it's, it's, anyone can do it. You don't need as much as I want to encourage them to get good grades. It's not all about the grades. It's about being driven, having ambition, having a passion for what you're trying to do. And I, I honestly believe it, it, as long as you, as long as you're realistic with some of your goals, you, you always, you always be happy. And it's not all about the money. It's, it's, it's not all about the money for me. I just, I love having a team around me. I love building tech. Automation is, is what I love doing. And it's hopefully what I can continue doing for quite some time. Great stuff, man. Great stuff. Favorite movie. What's uh, what's your favorite movie? <laughs> Being an IT guy, I'm a bit bit nerdy, so it's like the sci-fi, standard sci-fi ones All like right. uh, Matrix, Interstellar is really good, and probably Inception is my absolute favourite. Um, it's just anything sci-fi with a big concept behind it is uh, one that really makes you think. Uh, stuff like that is, is what really gotcha. So, Space Odyssey fan. I haven't actually seen Space what? Odyssey. It's like one of the originals, I know, man. I know, I know, I know. I've <laughs> seen no, I haven't seen. I haven't seen it. Oh man, aliens! Yeah, I've seen aliens. I've seen aliens. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I have this. I have this weird thing where I'm. Um, a couple of guys will tell you at work as well. But anything, it's something in my brain that I, if I see a movie that's older than what well, was made earlier than the year two thousand, I'm starting to think, uh, is it is it really that good? But for space, obviously, I know I got to see that. But there's still something there saying it, it was made before two thousand. Don't watch it. Gotcha. He's like, ah, it's dated. It's not relevant anymore. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Only till they they remake it. Awesome. (laughs) Cool. And then, you know, so, so since you love sci-fi and things like that, if you had a spaceman, if you had some kind of, um, I guess just you're able to time travel, right? So you had a time travel machine, you could go into the future, you could go back in history. What, uh, what time would you go to and why? But you had to stay there too. So you couldn't leave. So you had to stay there. I would love, I, I wouldn't go too far actually. I think we're in, especially with crypto, because I'm. I mean, I'm, everything I do is crypto at the minute. 
the the growth that's happened just from from my i mean i've only been in crypto five years and that's half the time bitcoin's been around which sounds pretty crazy so i'm, I'm actually probably a veteran in the, in the crypto space but the, the rate at which things have changed from when i first got into crypto to to now is is, is crazy i know we're in very early i'd probably go another just five or ten years just to see how it was and you're not taking too much of a risk of into the future, yeah, 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 yeah. Just to see, I mean, I think it'd be so interesting just to see how, how crypto is used uh, at that time. Yeah, you got to stay there, though. So that's the thing. So make sure you've got big bags of Bitcoin if you believe it's going to be worth more in five years, right? <laughs> yeah, I think I'll put some more of my treasure before I uh, jump into that machine. Gotcha. Hopefully treasure's still around, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> Who knows, right? <laughs> awesome, my friend. Well, hey, it was great you know, meeting you, hearing your story, hearing about all the cool stuff that CoinBurp's doing. We'll make sure to get the links out for everybody so that way they can find you. And, and yeah, man, keep us posted and let us know how everything goes for you. Thanks very much for taking time to speak to me. Appreciate it. All right, Pete. God bless. Catch you on the next one. All right. Cheers. Thank you. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Huge thanks to Pete, man. I really appreciate you coming on and basically sharing your story with us and telling us all the cool stuff that you want to do. People out there, maybe we can come up together and come up with a DJ name for this guy, right? Because that's one of the hidden talents he wishes he had, is he wishes he was one of those, you know, DJ guys. So maybe come up with a cool name for him and, you know, kind of shoot it over to him. Kind of help out the community that way, right? You know, Pete the DJ. This doesn't have a very good ring to it, but I'm sure you guys can come up with something better, right? Anyways, for people who want to come to Vegas and come hang out with us, the World CryptoCon, make sure you guys buy your tickets as soon as possible because they keep going up every single month. Make sure once you buy, you just shoot me an email, let me know that you bought them. And then every Monday, we pick a winner that's going to be able to come hang with us at the Monarch After Party there at World CryptoCon. It's going to be awesome. Just a friendly reminder, Crypto Beetle shows are never financial advice, recommendations, or trading strategies. The views expressed here are solely that of Robert Beatles and his guests. Robert Beatles is a co-founder of the Monarch Wallet, host of Trading View Sessions, Crypto Beatles on YouTube, and owns several entities. Robert's opinions here do not reflect that of those entities. Some information shared here may not actually be factual. These shows are for information and entertainment purposes only. Never invest a single Satoshi or penny in anything without first seeking the counsel and advice of a professional financial advisor. Robert Beatles is not a financial expert or advisor. Investing in anything is super dangerous. You can lose all of your money, so always trade at your own risk. Please help us grow the family. Give us a comment and review. It's super quick and easy. Just scroll down, click the little stars, comment, and just help us grow the family. All right. God bless you. Love you. Until the next one, talk to you soon.